welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Welcome everyone, my name is Yerli and I'm a recovering sexaholic. My co-leader here is Sender. The topic we're sharing on is finding and how to use a sponsor. Please turn off any electronics and please do not record any of this session. In the spirit of the fifth edition to carry the message, the session is being recorded. The recorder will not be turned off during the session. If you do not want to be recorded but need to share, we encourage you, we encourage you to attend another non-recording meeting. Please do not touch the recording equipment. If you want to share, please come up to the front and sit next to us to use the microphone. Please leave the microphone on the table and don't touch it because it makes noise on the recording. Thank you. Let's begin with a moment of silence for all those still suffering or unable to attend a meeting, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change. I should change the things I can. There isn't another difference. Again, our topic is finding and using a sponsor. We will share for five or six minutes about how this topic applies in our lives. Then we'll open up the meeting for all of you to share. You will each have three minutes to share before calling time. Anyone wants to volunteer to keep the time? Thank you. Okay, so I'll start. So again, my name is Yoli, and I'm a sexaholic. Sharing on the topic on finding and how to use the sponsors. My, my experience, the way I found the sponsor is I was sitting at a meeting. There were two other guys. The leader asked if someone was looking for a sponsor. I raised my hand. And then he asked if someone was available to sponsor, and the other guy raised his hand. So that's how we got together, and I started. He told me it was going to be temporary. And to this day, it's still temporary. It's been working for me, so he hasn't fired me yet. And it's working, so I'm not firing him. How to use a sponsor? Uh, the first and the main thing that I'm using my sponsor on is working the steps. Especially in the beginning, my sponsor gave me a ton of time. I used to meet with him every week for an hour and we were working the steps. And then on a daily basis, 
I used to talk to him for hours. Every day long conversations. He gave me a lot of time, which I'm forever grateful for him. All the things I was looking through the white book where he talks about sponsorship. He talks on page 72 and 73 about accepting suggestion and taking direction. So for me, I had to surrender my will to my sponsor. I'm a drunk. For me, it's the same thing as drinking alcohol. If I drink alcohol, I can't make decisions on my own because I'm drunk. The same thing is with lust. When I take a lust, I'm drunk and have no idea what I'm doing. So I surrendered to my sponsor and I had to take suggestions from him. Not, not always did I like what he told me to do, but I did it anyway. I was committed that whatever my, tell, my sponsor tells me to do, whether I like it or not, I'm going to do it. And I question him. I know for myself as a sponsor, if SMC starts questioning me, I'm a nice guy. I'll tell the guy, okay, do this, which is maybe wrong from my side, but And then it only end up, ends up hear, hearing the other guy, not me. So I was committed not to question my sponsor. If he tells me to do something, I took his direction and followed his, his advice. Other thing is that I'm the one who needs the help, so I'm the one who calls him. Call my sponsor to this day. I don't know if I haven't missed a day yet. Over three years, I call him every day. He never picks up, but he always calls me back. So no matter what, I'm committed. I pick up the phone, whether it's work or whatever it is I'm doing. I go out and I pick up the phone, unless I really can't. But I'm the one who wants the help, and I have to make sure that I'm available when he's available. Not the opposite. I found it so many times that I thought things one way, and then when I asked my sponsor, he gave me a totally different answer. So I learned over time that my sponsor sometimes sees it so much clearer than me. When I want something, I see it only my way. I'm selfish, self-centered, and I'm all concerned with me. So when I discuss it with my sponsor, I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't think about that. But it's so simple. So again, it's the same thing. Committed to listen to him. And follow his directions. I've been blessed. I found a sponsor who not just is not treating me just as sponsee. He's giving me so much, which is a little bit challenging. He's almost he's become like like a best friend, or so close to him that I have to sort of have my boundaries when I know here I am. We're just having fellowship. We're just spending some time together. And then there's time when I have to look at, at him. He's my sponsor. So it's been a little bit challenging over the years. But my sponsor has given me a lot 
I'm at his house almost every weekend. He's inviting me for dinner every other day. I'm single. When I went through my divorce, he gave me a ton of time. But I know that that's not really what a sponsor is supposed to do. A sponsor, really, the only meaning of a sponsor is to take the other person through the 12 steps. And that's really the only thing. And I can't take for granted for what my sponsor is giving me. And I have to remember the real, the real focus of us, of what a sponsor is. Thanks for letting me share. Hi, my name is Sender and I'm a sexaholic. Um, when I came into the program, um, the first probably eight months, I did not have a sponsor. I used, I was desperate to get sober, but I used the program, the fellowship, working the steps myself as much as possible, praying. I did all those things. And it kept me sober, with the grace of God. Um, what happened after a couple of months being in the program, probably eight, eight nine months being in the program, um, you see, um, in order for me to find a sponsor, I think I know everything. I'm the smartest person. Yes, I have a problem with acting out. I have a problem with lust. But I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. Even being in the program, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to use the tools of the program. I'm, and I'll be okay. So what was lacking in my program was realizing that I'm a sick person, surrendering to my sickness, as the White Book calls it, surrendering to my sickness that in the chapter of, in the big book, in the chapter of alcoholism, in the end of the chapter it says that Although we could use some tools to stay sober, it will come a time in our life that everything will give for the first drink. I will lose all my rationalizations. I will lose all my knowledge. I will give in to the first drink. And that what ha- that's, that's what happened to me after being sober um, eight months. Uh, I went to do a job for a customer of mine. And I got overwhelmed with lust. And me being sober, and I say I was sober pretty much from lust, I got overwhelmed with, with lust and um, starting touching myself. I got so scared that that that's when my step one hit me, I, I would say. Um, that's, that's when I surrendered to my to myself of being a sexaholic and saying, yes, even though I did whatever it, it's done in the program, but I, it will come a time that I will give in to, to lust. And that's what happened that moment. My step one, my surrendering to myself, surrendering to my truth self that I am a sexaholic and there's nothing I could do to keep myself sober. And on that day, I ran over to a guy in, in our fellowship, um, from New York. The last guy that I wanted to be my sponsor. And he's considered to be more of a tough guy in our group. Uh, say it in a way he doesn't have 
bad manners. Like he just says it the way it is, the way it is, as the way he's, he's not he's not beating around the bush. Uh, but I was so desperate, I ran over to his house and I told him, "Could you please help me work the steps? I want to stay sober." That was my day. That uh, and today we have a great relationship. Today I followed him to the T. And that's, that was my step one, realizing that I have to surrender. Nothing, until then I thought the knowledge of the program will help me stay program. So that, that helped me find a sponsor. My ego got blown away that day that I cannot keep myself sober. And I just, and, and, uh, so my sponsor has been my sponsor since. Although I thought he's a tough guy, you know, after staying sober for a while, today he's my, he's a kind of a father figure, you know. A lot of us grew, grow up, and I grow up in a dysfunctional home, not having a father, not being there for the kids, and I did not know how to behave like a human being, besides of lusting, did not know how to behave. My behavior was selfishness and everything else um so today my sponsor is there for me he loves me tough love as they call it and he's guiding me through my life um as uh and i'm growing uh, he I, he got, he was as i say in the program i he became my sponsor when i was eight years old even though i was 34 at the age 35 at the age and he's helping me grow up from a childhood to to a teenager and so on, so he's working with me just very very lovingly in a tough way, getting me to live a normal life. All right, um, so that's my experience with finding a sponsor, and and God guided me to take that sponsor. I wouldn't take the sponsor. God guided me to take that sponsor. And it's been a blessing for me in my life. Thank you. Thank you. And I have the opportunity to share with the group. Please focus on the topic of the meeting, like sharing an SM meeting. Please limit your sharing to the topic, avoiding explicit sexual description of distraction, distracting comments, and focusing on the solution rather than the problem. Please do not share anything that legally would have to be reported to the authorities. Please line up to our left so we don't have to wait for each person to come up. Please speak loud enough for all to hear. You will each have three minutes to share. Hi, I'm Mike, a sexaholic. And uh, I, I, just what you just said, uh, God led me to my first sponsor. I didn't realize it, but... Uh, I don't know, a sponsor, my sponsor uh, knew me better than my own father. You know, he got to be a good friend. But uh, I didn't use him. He, I, I asked him to be my sponsor, and he said, yeah, I'd like you to go to three meetings a week and call me every day. And I thought, screw you, man. I'm a, I'll call you when I'm hurting. So about three months later, I called him, and, uh, and I couldn't get him. It was before cell phones, and uh, he would not call me back. He said, the guy hurting has to do the calling he said it's a step in humility to keep trying to call, so I'd get pissed off. But it took me seven years in this program to uh, prove to myself that I couldn't do it alone. 
and uh, and he just stood. He was always there for me, but uh, he never told me what to do. He knew. Uh, he said, "You don't like to be told what to do, and I don't either. So just do your thing." And uh, and seven years later, I called him. I said, "What'd you do to stay sober?" And he said, he just giggled. He said, God, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> and, uh, and he, and he told me, uh, six things to do, you know, read the white book, read answers of the heart, say the third step prayer, seven step prayer, sobriety commitment, and call him. And I thought, shit, that's easy. So I did it. And, uh, I called him after like a week. I said, man, anybody, I was laughing. Anybody could stay sober doing this, you know. And he said, it doesn't count. You just lost five years of sobriety. He said, uh, you're still in remorse. And, uh, God, I thought, geez. So then I called him about two weeks later. Now I'm pissed off at him because I'm doing everything he says and it's not working. And I said, I'm doing everything you said and I can't stay sober. And he said, of course you can't. That's God's job. I mean, it was shit like that, he told me. And, and it's like, uh, finally I just, uh, that took a year to get sober after I was willing to do everything that was said. And I called him one day and I was, I drove truck and, and I was coming home, and uh, within 200 miles, I called him three times because I had so much lust, and I didn't want to come home to my wife that way because she had outgrown that behavior. You know, she said, if you come home like a crazed animal, I'm not going to sleep with you anymore, you know. And uh, so I called him. I said, I'm just going to masturbate. I can go home like a normal person. And he says, you don't want to do that. You're preparing yourself for God's gift. And God, it gave me a hope. And I got sober right after that, you know. But... uh Every time I called my sponsor, uh, it got my problem in its true perspective, you know. With my head, nothing was in perspective. And then he would tell me stuff. He never took my side. I'd always call him, he's about my wife or somebody screwing me over at work. And he never took my side. And I would say, it can't always be me, can it? And he said, well, you're the guy calling, you know, if, if you're hurting. <laughs> stuff like that. And then... Uh, I don't know. He knew things that only God could know. So I know God worked through him to me. He told me answers to things I was going through that no human being could have known. And when it all worked out, that is exactly what happened. You know, I had a business. I was going broke in. I was trying to sell it and I couldn't sell it. And he said, well, when the lessons are learned, the buyer will show up and I won't even have to be listed. And that's what happened. You know, I let go of the whole thing. I prayed for the willingness to go bankrupt. And uh, God lifted all that fear and everything. It was just like a miracle. And... uh Two weeks later, a buyer shows up and buys it. So it's like stuff like that. And uh, he died, and uh, I went years, several years without a sponsor. But I, he told me the same thing was always surrender it. So I would just pretend I'm calling him, and he, you know, surrender. But I have a sponsor to this day, and uh, it's the same thing. You know, I had to call him about my wife and stuff, and he says, well, I hate to tell you this, but if you're upset, you know, it's something wrong with you. I mean, after 20 years, it's the same. My brain forgets that stuff. I can tell it to other guys I'm working with, but I never get it. Thanks. Hi, my name is Dovey, and I'm a recovering sex addict. I'm trying to share early because I, I want to learn. And so I got a question and something that I'm struggling with and, uh, appreciate your shares. What specifically struck me is, uh, the challenge that I have is the listening to everything part. And, um, for me, you know, authority has never been something that worked out for me in life. Uh, it's been a challenge from, uh, many years ago. Um, so taking on a sponsor, you know, brings a lot of that stuff too. 
But when it comes to a sponsor, like what's, you know, I want to be able to surrender myself to a sponsor and say, Hey, you tell me what to do and I'm all yours. And then he tells me something and I'm like, no way in hell am I doing that? You know, it's like, um, it's just to, you know, cause, and, and I'll think about it. Say, and it's a, the, that's the challenge that I'm having. I'm having a challenge of saying, um, you know, why does he know, you know, I understand that there are some good matches, but I can choose a sponsor that's, you know, has a more of a mild temperament, or I can choose a sponsor that's, you know, that's, that's the the tough guy. So, you know, I can, where do I go from there? Um, You know, if my sponsor tells me that he thinks it's, you know, his experience, and and this is specific to my situation, you know, if, if a sponsor suggests that I, you know, take a year off of work to focus on recovery, um, and, you know, to me, that's, you know, it's insane or it's just, it doesn't work for me. Um, you know, well, at what point am I saying, well, you know, is it, is it my will to, you know, all of a sudden am I taking it back and, and, uh, I'm struggling to find that place. Uh, I, I want to get there. I want to, you know, be that story where, you know, I, I can subjugate my will to, to a sponsor as recommended by this program, but, uh, I'm struggling with it and, uh, I do get, uh, input from other people and sometimes, you know, and, and that's, has been carrying me and I kind of use other people's input as, you know, as that sponsor, but from, from a, uh, systematic daily, uh, and that kind of thing, uh, I'm still, you know, have, haven't got there yet. And, uh, anybody else who can shed light on that, uh, in their own chairs, uh, would appreciate learning. Thank you. My name is Paul. I'm a sex addict. Um, I had a false start in the program. I'm kind of, you know, there's the the passages in the white book and the AA book where there's, you know, there's this little passage about the depressive person who's just like, I already knew everything in the world was my fault. You know, and so I kind of started, you know, from the program from that perspective. It was already out there in the open that, you know, I sucked and thank God I can say out loud that I'm powerless. Um, but when I first joined SA in Chicago, um, I went to this group and this group was kind of, there was this kind of the one big personality, um, who was by God a better 12 stepper than you were. Uh, and one of the very few people, well, the only person that you could really, you know, go to for a sponsor because he's the only one with, with enough sobriety. Um, you know, the rest of us would come in with a relapse story after relapse story after relapse story. And, um, so I talked to him a few times. And, you know, I have this, I'm, I'm in a marriage I didn't want, right? I basically, you know, forced myself to marry someone because I'm a terrible person and I need to give myself away and throw myself away and take care of this person who's also, you know, just sucking at life. Um, that was my logic at the time. And to this day, I still don't know what to do about it. But, um, at that, at that time, you know, I was talking to him and it sounded like he was basically in the same situation and, you know, we'll just suck it up and, you know, you're just, you're just married and you just have to deal with it. And I mean, basically... I look back on it and like, I didn't really want what he had. Um, and that kind of colored my, you know, I, I'm, and then I was, that was a period of my life where I was moving every couple of years. Um, I might still be in that period of my life. I don't know. Um, but I definitely was at that point. So I moved down to Carbondale, Illinois, which if any of you even know where it's from. If you're from around here, you have a vague idea, but it is in the middle of nowhere. It is six hours from Chicago. You can be in, still be in Illinois and be six hours from Chicago. 
Um, I don't even know if there's an essay group there or not. I moved to Bloomington, Illinois. Um, don't ask me why. The, my higher power wanted me to be vested in my pension, apparently. He wanted me to work in Illinois for at least five years. I have no idea. Um, but there I found a group and the sponsor that I have to this day. Um, and, you know, <laughs> and my higher power sort of found someone who was, you know, I guess what I needed because I've been getting sober since then. I actually, you know, started working the program, you know, went through the fourth and fifth step. Um, and he doesn't, as a matter of fact, you know, he's almost there to diffuse my sort of, you know, oh, woe is me, everything's my fault, and I can't possibly, you know, do everything I need to do to fix, like, I don't need to fix everything. God is there to fix everything. Um, and, I mean, and the things that he's told me to do against my will are things like, you know, the single biggest one is probably, Paul, go read, you know, what's the definition of sobriety in the white book? I'm like, um, so I read it, and it's like, because I was, I was kept, uh, kept slipping with like, you know, every time I looked at porn, I'd change my sobriety date. Okay. Um, it's a bad thing. Um, and it's not sobriety, but it's also not, you know, full on acting out. Like, and as soon as I actually did what he said, I stopped looking at porn too. I started reporting my actual physical sobriety date. Like, weird. Okay. It works. My higher power is pulling me in the direction I guess he wants me to go because I'm getting sober. So, um, yeah, that's probably a good place to stop, so that'll pass. Thank you. My name is Dovin, and I'm a sexaholic. Um, in this topic of being a sponsor, um, thank you, Ailey and Sander. Um, to me as well, the story that I had, I, I was in program a couple of months, um, not able to get sober. And um, I had a sponsor who, you know, not not blaming, but the reality was that uh, I was trying. You know, I tried reaching him; he wouldn't call me back or whatever. But whatever he did tell me to do, I did. You know, he told me to go to meetings, and even though I wasn't staying sober consecutively, but every day that I was sober at that time, I would go to a meeting. Even I barely had money at the time, but if I would need, I would take a taxi there. Um, and, um, you know, he told me to do certain, you know, read this, you know, write, write on it or something like that. I would do that, made phone calls and, um, still couldn't get sober. Um, I, at the, you know, simultaneously I was also having, um, you know, uh, basically what ended up happening was I was, my mother threw me out of the house and, um, ended up being just staying in my dorm uh even between semesters and and spending their time by myself you know just sleeping five hours a night eating one meal a day the rest of the time just masturbating watching pornography and movies and that itself led me to a place where i couldn't continue like this it just killed me on the inside and, um, you know, I was having these mood swings and I had this feeling of like, you know, what they speak about hitting bottom. I just hit it, just couldn't go on. Um, and I called my sponsor back and I told him, okay, I want to work this. I need to get sober and whatever. And, um, I, you know, I felt, you know, I hit bottom. I'm going to stay sober from now on. And then 35 days later, I acted out again. And that's, and, and I, I, I had been speaking to somebody 
before then who's been telling me, you know, you got to work the steps faster and whatever. And I text my sponsor, you know, I just acted out. And the next second, I think I need to work the steps faster. And he texts me back, you know, I, you first need to show me that you're serious about working the program. And that really hit me because, like I said, I was doing all the things that he told me to do and stuff. So it really hit me then that I don't know how to stay sober. I really don't. Look, I'm trying to do whatever it, you know, whatever my sponsor is telling me. Besides, step one is I'm powerless, so then how in heaven's name am I supposed to stay sober? How in heaven's name am I supposed to show that I'm serious about staying sober? So, you know, I asked, I met with some other sober member in the group and asked his advice, and he advised me to, uh, to, to change sponsors. And that attitude of, I don't know how to stay sober, um, led me to a sponsor also that I had some hesitations about, but, because I don't know how to stay sober, I, I worked the program on his terms. On his terms, he told me, let's meet 8.15 in the morning. And at the time, eight, I wasn't waking up at, until 11, 12 in noontime. But as soon as he said 8.15 in the morning, I said yes. Afterwards, I tried figuring out, okay, how am I going to manage pulling that off? But, um, but, um, but since then, I've been working that. And I'm also grateful that, that uh, you know, let the sponsor who's, who's passed on to me a message of staying sober and it's been working for me. Thanks for letting me share. Bob Sexaholic. Uh, about 27 years ago, I got into a program after having been to a couple of different types of program, and I got a sponsor who was so different than me. I was more of a fiery direct guy, would probably bash somebody in the head, you know, because they didn't follow me. But he was really a gift from God because he, um, he would give me direction, and I didn't take it. But he was very patient with me. He knew that I was not very sober. I wasn't really hardly sober at all. But he kept telling me what to do. And one of the things was, and I'm, what I'm going to say doesn't mean that this is the way everybody should do it, but you'll understand in a couple of minutes. Um, he said, I want you to go through the steps uh, one a month. And I didn't know any difference, so I said, okay. He, and as we went through them, he said, this is not about getting them perfect, he said, because you're going to learn things later on. And so I did. And, you know, I, I, looking back on it, I kind of laugh now because it was probably the most self-centered uh, writings that I ever could have been. And what, after I reread them, after I was all done, I thought, man, you're a sick guy, you know. And so he said, after that, he said, let's do it again. And so I went through the steps again. And all of a sudden, all a bunch of different things came out. And um, and there were so many things he said. I remember I, my issues uh, are same sex. And so I would often stop on in rest stops and shopping malls. And uh, I would make up all kinds of excuses. And one day, he, he was direct to me, but kind. And he gave me some things to do. And he said, and if you don't do them, you have to call me. He said, right afterwards, he said, but I'd really prefer you call me before. And, which made a lot of sense, but, uh, you know, and probably the most powerful thing that came out of that is how much he cared for me. 
He didn't have same-sex issues. And he was so kind to me. And growing up in a family where I just hid everything in my shame for years, it was just very painful. I was married, had kids. I looked like the normal guy, at least I thought I did, and wanted to have an image. But I really wanted to be real, and I hated my life. And, uh, and because of that, I got sober. I celebrated in June, 24 years sober, progressively. And I sponsor a lot of guys now. And I, I want to say that that route was incredible for me. What a blessing. And so now, you know, with the guys that I sponsor, and they're all different. I have a number of them, actually. And uh, seven, which is a perfect number. But uh, I, um, you know, I tell them they have to take direction from me. And I don't, it doesn't mean I'm going to be right all the time. But if it's something wrong, they could tell me. But but the most important thing is to take direction because I realized I needed to take direction and I still will take direction. I still have a sponsor. We talk every day and I think that's really important. And by the grace of God, I'm a sober man and I'm a joyful man and, and my life is amazing. So I just want to share that with you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Yoni, recovering sexaholic. Sorry I was late. Um, thanks for sharing. Uh, thanks to everyone else for sharing. Um, yeah, I guess my higher power uh, brought me to this room because uh, I, I reflect back on different sponsors that I had over the years. Uh, been in program probably seven years, five, six, seven years. Uh, first sponsor. I came into the program. I was mid forties. Uh, I'm married. Uh, we had we have my wife and I have six kids, and um, my first sponsor was. I was in my mid forties. My first sponsor was about twenty one years old, um, and uh, he was you know <laughs> he was my dad for a good year and a half for two years. Um, you know, more often than not, he said. Hey Yoni, I, I really don't have experience with these kind of things. <laughs> like every little thing that came up in my life, my stage of life, he's like, I really, and I didn't believe him. He's like, well, I could make up some bullshit, but I, I really don't have any experience with it. I, I didn't understand what that meant. Like he had to be my, he had to be everything to me. He had to be a father to me. So I, I would speak to other members who, you know, maybe in like the same situation in life with me of, that I was in. Uh, but what, and, it, and I was his first sponsee also. So I don't know if he knew he was doing everything right. And that was cool because uh, I admired that fact that he would ask his sponsor what to do with Yoni. <laughs> you know, he said, I don't know. And he'd get back to me. And that was pretty cool. That was, he didn't BS me. That was pretty cool. Um, I was sober a year and a half, approximately. After getting sober, I was sober a year and a half. And then... And I slipped. Um, I blamed him. <laughs> I blamed him. Uh, and then, uh, you know, and then I remember I was at a meeting and someone said they read two pages of the white book and two pages of the uh, the big book every day. And I said to him, why didn't, my sponsor, why didn't you tell me to do that? He said, I did. <laughs> he just didn't listen. <laughs> uh, you know, it went in one ear and went out the same ear. <laughs> And then, um, and then after a while, he said, "You know, Yoni, I think you just better get a sponsor that's like a little closer to where you're holding in life." Um, and uh, 
I basically cried because it, it reminded me of when uh, someone who I wanted to get engaged to, you know, 20 years earlier, uh, broke off the engagement. And like, you know, I needed her to be everything to me. I needed the sponsors to be everything to me. Uh, it took a while to get another sponsor after that. One guy said, do you go to meetings? And I, I didn't go to meetings. Uh, I was afraid of my wife. This is recorded, right? <laughs> and uh, so he said, do you go to meetings? I'm like, no. He says, we well, have to go to meetings. I won't be your sponsor. I thought I was pretty mean. Um, another guy said, you don't listen, so I won't be your sponsor. So like, besides the sponsors I had, the sponsors I didn't have <laughs> taught, me, taught me a lot also. A uh, sponsor I have now is uh, older than me. He's patient. He his sponsor has twenty five years uh, sobriety. He's a humble man. Um, he's he's not tough, but he just doesn't need to talk a lot. Just a couple of words, you know, a phrase here and there, and um, you know he knows what I what I need to hear. He knows what I need. Um, and, uh, you know, it says in some of the essay approved literature, uh, sponsors someone who works the steps with you, uh, shows you God that gets out of the way. And, uh, he showed me my father in heaven. And he's getting out of the way more. And, you know, he's shown me that father that I, uh, try to see, like in everyone else. But, uh, you know, one thing I learned from this program, uh, is, um, you know, I want, I want everyone to be everything for me, and that's not reality. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, um, Yuli. And my name is Shia, and uh, I was actually, I, I'm, I'm actually in the rooms over 13 years, and um, I'm reflecting back also why, for me, I had a lot of uh, relapses, ups and downs in the past 13 years, and basically sober one month only. But uh, for me, this month is, is a lot because I changed myself in terms of sponsor and sponsorship as well, as well the whole uh, concept of working the steps. Um, I came in my age of 29, and after I... My, fir- my first ex left me and um, had four kids at that time at home and uh, since then I was uh, start, start therapy and from therapy I went to 12 step and I, I used basically the I took a sponsor but I right away like I, th- I think a couple months later later I wasn't I wasn't honest with him and he saw something that I'm not I'm not I'm not following his direction so he told me that he cannot be my sponsor. So then I used then I used my therapist as my sponsor. Then I, I had a most I have a, I have a mentor that my father hired for me, and I used him. So basically, I, I've been I never I never took one person that for him uh, I did. And a couple of years ago, I did took one one person, and in uh, that time I was sober. I mean, I went with him uh, every every day. I checked in. I did step one, step two, step three, and I stopped at step four. I stopped, and I never I never did step four till uh, till uh, till uh, till now. And uh, this is one of the things. And then and now, 
No, I, I, I learned. I learned. I learned actually the hard way because um, there is there is no other way. If the white book, say, whatever the white book says, I have to follow. And whatever old timers told me all the time in the meeting when I was called up a few friends and I was crying, why why I'm not making it? Why I'm not making it? So they all they all the same answer. Do you have a sponsor? Do you, are, are you honest with the sponsor? Are you are you following his his direction? I mean, there is a, there is there is a white book and there is a there is a structure. If you don't follow the structure, you know. You're gonna, you're gonna be sober a month, two months, three months, but then you're gonna again, and and so basically that's that what happened with me. And um, now I'm very, very strict with him. And now when I actually took him, he 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 called up a few people before if if he if he can take me as a sponsor because he knew my history a little bit that that I'm not um, not breaking breaking my ego or it's ego or it's whatever it's or it's guilt or shame. I don't know what it is, but. I was I was not really honest with him. Everything that goes on in my life. So now, when I took him, I was sitting with him a couple hours, and uh, I opened up for him from age ten up to age whatever. When I joined the program, the program, and when past thirteen years, what happened? Roughly a little bit, and and actually when when we were actually um, disclosure with him, and we were really, I was crying, and he was he was really crying together with me. It was. He meant for me so much, and he told me, you know, you, you've been you, you, you've been through in your, in your life so much trauma, and you still want to be sober, still have a desire, you know what you, you know what it's, it's true. I want I want to be so, and so I asked him, so so, so what should I do? What so he told me once if you're gonna follow my direction, whatever I'm gonna only gonna give you over what what actually I got from my sponsor, and if 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 if, if you're gonna try this, give it a, give it again a shot and. Let's work together. And, and since since then, I'm calling him every day. He, he gave me he gave, he gave me he gave me a lot of homework, and I do it, and uh, it helps me a lot. He gave me a lot of guidance. He told me I should call three people every day, three uh, three actually three other people. Then I should call him, and then I should read one page in the white book, one page in the big book, and then do a gratitude list, do a fear fear list, fear. So um. And it's helped me a lot. And uh, and, I, and actually, I'm now I'm very open with him. Whatever I see, whatever I hear, whatever I smell, whatever I um, listen, or uh, avoidance people, places, things. So whatever, whatever I, uh, whenever I cross a boundary, or if I want to cross a boundary, I am very open with him, and I'm asking him, and I'm following his direction. And I really appreciate it for everybody. Thank you. Hi, my name's Duncan. I'm a sexaholic. I, uh, in another 12-step program, I, I had uh, a couple of sponsors. And, uh, <clears throat> but in that, in that program is where I, uh, working the steps, is where I, I realized I was a, uh, a sex addict. I, but that was, when I, when I say that I realized I was, I go back a long way and I, and there was something always wrong when it came to, uh, lust, sex. There was just, it just wasn't right. I mean, uh, anyway. So I spent about 15 years using experiential therapy, uh, Treatment centers, you know, one week here, one week there, five weeks here. And <clears throat> I couldn't get sober. Now, having had experience with a 12-step program, I knew, well, 
my prayers were answered by get a sponsor and work steps in in SA. Um, I went to different S groups, um, but I didn't. I was. I didn't want to make that commitment because I knew if I got a sponsor, that was a commitment. And I was still trying to figure out how I could do it. And uh, <clears throat> I was going to this one, uh, it wasn't SA, it was another S program. And um, there was a young guy, this, uh, this was shared earlier about being older than your, than your sponsor. And I was in my early 60s and... Um, this particular guy was about 35, and his kids were the same age as my grandkids, you know, so. <clears throat> but I, I had seen him for about a year, and I, and I knew he was sober because I'd see him at these meetings. And um, he started working the program, and he was really working. He was a sharp guy. And uh, uh, I just, just it, I don't know why it just came on me. I, it's a God thing, I guess. I just asked him, uh, would you be my sponsor? He got, he's kind of shocked. And, uh, you know, we met and uh, he was my sponsor for about four years till he, uh, you know, I worked the steps with him. Uh, I think he learned a lot and, and I learned a lot. And, you know, it was, it was a good, it was a good relationship, but it was about him guiding me through the steps. And, uh, uh, I did that, and then he moved away, being a sharp guy, getting promoted, and he moved out to Dallas or something. And <clears throat> so I got another sponsor. I wasn't going to be without one for, for uh, I just, I just, it was necessary. And so I got another one, and this one happened to have the same name, but he, uh, 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 anyway, he's, He's real sharp and he, he keeps me going. We went through the steps again and, and, uh, uh, I work with, with, with my sponsees and, you know, kind of keep up with him. And, uh, it, it's just the sponsor sponsee relationship is, and the 12 steps have been the answer for, for me. And as far as I know, that's the program. Um, glad to be here. Anything you have heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. Let's all stand up and say the third step prayer. Third step prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thy will. Leave me of the bondage of self, so I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, the victory over them, every witness of those I will help. Thy power, thy love, thy way of life, may do thy will always.
I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.